Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woohoo! Wednesday, March 24th, baby! Time for some sports honchos. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the Gold Sports Media and Dean Bluddell headquarters here in the great state of New York. And everybody, please say hello to my favorite honcho, Mr. Robert Cooney from the great state of Maryland. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Did you like how Paul took not one breath during that fabulous open, that fabulous introduction? Not a single breath. His voice gets really high. But not a breath was taken. It's very, very impressive. I had a lot to say, and I, I would say this probably one, wasn't one of my best intros there. Oh, no, it was fine. I it was, comment. you know what? Quiet understatement sometimes right. is the way to go. All right. Anyway. So, I, I all right, good night, everybody. To, yeah, another bit of Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Wednesday. <sighs> I wanted to get Dean Blundell in there. I want to thank the guys over at Dean Blundell Net, which we are affiliated with and, and, and on their network in addition to our home network here as well. But um, I want to thank those guys for, for giving us some props and some pushes and stuff. And they got lots of great shows over there at the Dean Blundell Network up in O'Canada, eh? So, uh, you know, you can listen to us there. And you can listen to some other great, fantastic podcasts up there as well. And for the, you know, one or two of you that aren't sports fans, first of all, what are you doing? But secondly, there's other alternatives on the DeanBlendell.com network that are not all sporty McSporterton's. Okay? So, you know, dive in head first, which we don't encourage you to do diving anywhere head first, especially after you've eaten a full meal. Good there advice go. there, Mr. Cuny. Good Thank advice. Thank you. I'm full of something. Yeah, well, well hey I, now. I, I could say it on the show. Hey, but, now. You know. Well, we're allowed to because it's a podcast. No FCC rules. That's, That's why right. we have the little E next to the podcast name and logo. It doesn't stand for excellent, although it certainly is excellent. It stands for explicit. Please don't listen to this in the car with the kiddos. No, because you never know when we'll fucking curse. Just like right. that. You know? Right, it's it's a fucking crapshoot. It fucking is, man. There's no fucking yeah. doubt about it. Just take your fucking chances. So, Rob, what's on your fucking mind? Well, question for you, buddy. I got two questions, actually. Do you like donuts, and have you been vaccinated? I'm getting vaccinated. I, I mean against COVID, not against like oh. measles, mumps, and rubella, or polio, because we're old. All right, question number one for $500. Uh, I, do, I do like donuts. I prefer the... Um, Boston creams, and I also like the apple crumbs. They, okay, they make me all mushy inside, like literally, like gross, mushy. All right. And then tomorrow evening, I will be going to get stabbed. Uh, is, are Are you getting the uh, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson? Hopefully, not the AstraZeneca one. That one's uh, no bueno. <laughs> which is a technical epidemiological term for bad vaccine, no bueno. Which do you know which one you're getting? I'm getting the Mr. Johnson. For my Johnson. Oh, nice. Yes. So just huh. 
Hopefully it's Manscaped. He, there you go. There's the first mention of the evening. No extra charge to the good folks at Manscaped. Well, for those of you who are still on the fence, do I get the vaccine? Do I not get the vaccine? And by the way, thank you for the, in, the very personal information about the types of donuts you like. But I bring that up because... You asked me. I did. I, well, I just said you what like donuts. What if I just turned around and said I like donuts? That would be pretty That's, boring. But now, know. all the Honchos fans, when the holidays come around, or Sunday morning or afternoon, they can send me a box of donuts from Dunkin' Donuts, and they can put in Boston Creams and the Apple Crumbs. Fantastic. Except for one small problem. What? It's got to be Krispy Kreme. Why, you ask? Because Krispy Kreme, starting yesterday, I think, a free glazed donut. It's a very disturbing phrase, glazed donut. Uh, Krispy Kreme will offer a free original glazed donut to anyone who shows their vaccination card for the rest of 2021. And it is not a one-time deal. So you come into Krispy Kreme, your local Krispy Kreme, you show them your vaccination card, and they hand you one fresh, hot, glazed donut. And then you can walk in the parking lot, eat that donut, and then go back in, and you get another one? You probably can't go back in for another one, but I'm fairly certain you can go down the street to another Krispy Kreme and get as many donuts as you want. So Krispy Kreme basically is saying, we don't want you to die of COVID. We're okay with, you know, diabetes. Yes. We're okay with some sort of insulin-themed catastrophe. But donut, but, you know, COVID, no. No. So – Yes, uh, I think for now, for almost an entire year, it might even bleed into 2022, but certainly for the rest of this year, uh, they're also giving their employees four hours of paid time off to go get their vaccine. But, you know, this sounds great, a free donut, until, you know, in this culture we live in, this kooky, wacky, crazy, everybody gets an orange slice and participation trophy we live in, how long before the people who are religiously or philosophically opposed to vaccinations say that Krispy Kreme is somehow violating their rights as card-carrying anti-vax Americans, and then they have to shut the promotion down. They're certainly not going to lose any money because Krispy Kreme wants you to come in for your free donut and then, you know, woof down 12 more while you're standing there. So they give how ins- long do you get an insulin, an insulin. You, uh... you would think that would be part of the promotion. No, you don't get, you get two shots. COVID exactly. and an insulin shot. But I, I mean, and I, I sort of say that tongue in cheek about how long before people start complaining that this is an affront. An affront, mind you, to my rights as a, again, a card carrying, red blooded anti vax American. Well, they should do a special for the anti vaxxers. And what would that be? Two free donuts? Ha ha ha. I hate Krispy Kreme, by the way, full disclosure. I, I'm going to do that. If you get a vaccine, you get one free donut. If you don't get a vaccine, we'll give you a, a, a dozen. <laughs> How great would that be? Um, so, yeah, uh, there's nothing really other exciting about that except to say, let's see, last year the company gave away 30 million donuts to healthcare workers, first responders, teachers, coaches, and graduating seniors to help keep spirits up. I got to tell you, despite what I just said about weight. despite what I just said about Krispy Kreme, no one's knocking on my door. I'm uh, – you know, one of those, let's see, uh, teachers. Yes, I mean, is, is somewhere there, in that is group. Is there a Krispy Kreme in your local area? There is. And again, I, I would not drive out of my way even for a free one. But people go to this place like see, they're surprising. selling pure crack. 
See, as I opposed figured, to synthetic crack. I figured, you know, you and Grace would, you know, get the car ready, get a basket, and get a map out and go to all the no. uh, Krispy Kreme area. No, neither Grace <laughs> nor a, I are Make it a are weekend. Big, make it a night. We're not, we're not big fans of the, the double K, the Krispy Kreme experience. Uh, now, if Dunkin' Donuts was doing this, I'd be doing the show live right now from outside of Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. If they were doing it, you would be like, hey, I, you would hear in the background people ordering donuts because I'd be standing out there going, has it been 24 hours? Has it been 24 hours? It's a new day. Where's my donut? That's not, however, the best um, of all the vaccine-related giveaways. Apparently, if you're planning on moving or visiting the greater Phoenix area anytime soon, uh, a marijuana dispensary in Arizona is offering special deals to those who receive a COVID vaccination. Anyone 21 and older will receive free edibles. You don't have to use the code honchos at But free edibles at the Mint Dispensary in March after receiving a vaccine. While no purchase is necessary to get the freebie, those interested will have to bring a valid COVID-19 vaccination card showing the successful administration of at least one dose. So maybe if you're in Phoenix, there you go. Here's a Saturday night for you. Ready? You get your vaccine. Then you cruise down to your local Krispy Kreme. Rob, you can't. Then you get some some edibles. Not on the same day. Sure, why not? No, no, you're supposed to take your vaccine and take a couple of days off just in case. Total overload. Come on, man. This we have total faithful overload. listeners out there, and they're gonna they're gonna listen yes, to you. Yes, Paul got all choked up talking I'm about this. Here. <laughs> you have a clamptable V. Free edibles. People, not in the same day. Get the vaccine. Take a couple of days off. On the way home, grab some chips. Stock up a little bit. Then go to the joint place, get yourself some edibles, and then go to town. But make sure you get to at least 24, 48 hours of your vaccination in case there are any side effects. Now, let me just say before we move on to the next thing that, and this is not your side of the street. And I say this knowing full well that Passover is coming up this weekend. If any organization is offering free ham for those who have had their COVID vaccine, I'm in deep guacamole. And I'll just leave it there. Uh, happy happy Passover, everybody. Saturday <laughs> night, first night of Passover. Hide the bread. Hide the women and children. Okay. Hide, Rob. <laughs> so when I – so well, here's a little inside baseball for you. So, you know, Paul and I discussed the topics for du jour for today's showgram. Well, for each week's showgram. And I send him a list of things we should talk about. And so I, it, my, I believe I wrote specifically in the cold open email, donuts – and vasectomies. I believe that's exactly what I wrote. Because I, I like right to leave here. Paul guessing. I got it right here. I like well, to leave him guessing a bit for the cold open stuff. Well, the other stuff we like to be prepared. But this one I like to keep it on the edge. Anyway. I just know, I just know since using Manscaped, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, when we have this surgery, you know, we'll be clean anyway. Um, there you go. This time of year, March Madness. I, I meant to bring this up last week because it's a staple of – all NCAA tournament stories. Of course, you missed it last year because there was no tournament. But around the country, it's been documented that the number of vasectomies goes up exponentially during this time because part of the recovery is to shelter in place for 48 hours with the dreaded bag of frozen peas, you know, down in the the nether region south of the equator. And so men in the last decade plus – 
have been getting their timing their vasectomies during the tournament time. So they have an excuse to sit home on Thursday and Friday, which are traditionally the first two nights or two days of the tournament, into the weekend, back to work on Monday. So they can watch the tournament and not have to really do anything around the house because, hey, <laughs> the family jewels, you know, before we can shine them up with a certain product that we'll be mentioning a lot in every show, uh, we have to get them repaired. So urology clinics around the country have been using this information and coming up with specials and deals and bargains not involving Krispy Kreme donuts. So I read to you from the New York Times, uh, March 12, 2021, vasectomy mayhem trademark draws complaint from NCAA. This is a Virginia urology company that's gone just a bit too far in making the connection. The NCAA has filed a complaint against the urology clinic in Virginia that trademarked the phrase vasectomy mayhem, which the Athletic Association said was, quote, confusingly similar to March Madness, its basketball tournament brand. And there's a picture here in the article of a doctor doing the curly kneel with, his, with a basketball spinning on his finger, and it says vasectomy madness on it. The College Athletic Association accused the practice, Virginia Urology in Richmond, Virginia, of trying to affiliate its brand with the popular March Madness tournaments, according to a complaint filed in the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office's appeal board. In its complaint, the NCAA said the concerns were the likelihood of confusion and dilution by blurring of its brand. The NCAA and Virginia Urology also disputed a vasectomy madness trademark in 2016. So the same company they're suing now or appealing now tried this in 2016 with vasectomy madness, which I guess is a little bit closer to March madness. Uh, the petition stated by the NCAA believes that it has been and will continue to be damaged, the NCAA, by the registration for the mark vasectomy mayhem. So they got the trademark this urology clinic, and now the NCAA is asking for that to be taken away, like they did in 2016. In one ad, a urologist dribbles a basketball and says, hey guys, looking for a reason to sit on the couch and watch the games this weekend? We can help with that. And then a pregnant doctor appears, grabs the basketball and says, and your wife will totally be on board with it. We promise. So uh, the dispute is similar to the first time the NCAA challenged the medical practice in 2016, the NCAA complained that the urology firm used, again, vasectomy madness in basketball-themed advertising, uh, and the case was settled with the trademark going away and monies paid to both sides. So there you go. Vasectomy mayhem. Stupid. It's yeah. stupid. Now it's the little girls, are they allowed to have their sweet 16 parties? Probably not. Stupid, Rob. It is. I'm angry now. I mean, Leave I don't see how. Leave the vasectomy place alone. So when I think, if I hear the term, the term vasectomy madness, I can guarantee you the last thing I'm thinking about is the NCAA or college basketball. I, I don't agree. think, let's see, NCAA basketball tournament, guys getting the snip job. I, I don't see what the confusion is. And when I think March Madness, when I sit down to watch the games on TV, I'm not like, oh, I thought I was watching a documentary on vasectomies. I don't get it. I don't get where the confusion comes in. In fact, I would think the NCAA would market this and partner up with these urology clinics and make a, a, a bigger fortune than they already make, get much more publicity. But no, no, no. It's petty. 
It is petty. It's just so the NCAA it's can flex its It's Tom Petty, all right? May he rest in peace. You know, vasectomies are not, uh, there's no madness involved. It's usually a well-thought-out decision. It's a very serious decision that either a young man or a, or a grown man makes. So it, there's no madness involved. And here's you have to go, and it's very serious. And I think men's feelings are being disregarded here by the NCAA. I just think they're missing a golden opportunity to partner up with these urology clinics. You know what? And you tell them to call us. We'll call it Honcho's Vasectomies. Right. Tell them to use the super secret hotline, 911. We'll be happy to come See, right you know out there. What? And That's help not you. funny. I'm trying to be serious here. Don't let the NCAA have all the money. <laughs> we don't have what it – okay, 1-800 honchos. Call the vasectomy guys. Tell them you are Robert Cuny, one of the honchos, the very famous, world-famous honchos of the sports honchos fame, and you tell them we're thinking of running the special. Why do I have to take on the NCAA? Why can't it be Paul Cuthbert, no, the other no, world-famous honchos? Leave the NCAA out of this. Oh, okay. We'll get a code from them, right? Tell our listeners. Use the code. With, with free shipping? Lose the, use the code lose your honchos. <laughs> right. Use the code honchos to check out for, you know, 20% off your vasectomy. And, hey, wait for it, free snipping. Ah-ha-ha. ah ha Now we're talking. That's what okay. it's all about, buddy. See? All right. You know, I, so, okay. So they're we, we are going to get. They're right down the block from you. Give them a call. We're gonna well, Richmond is not quite right down the block, and certainly close enough that we could make this work. Close Once we get our, our toll free number, one eight hundred honchos. You send him this bit. I want you to send him this bit. You send it to him. We're making a pitch, okay? To all our honchos friends out there, you guys are thinking about, uh, you know, letting go of your buddies. Yep. Use the code. I think use the how about a nice how about this as a as a social media campaign? Hashtag Urology matters. There you go. Or hashtag vasectomies matter. There you go. Or hashtag, oh no, I got to lose my honchos. Yeah, there you go. Or, oh no, that's the end of my podcast career. Hey, what? (laughs) You got to live on the edge. Like those guys down at the vasectomy place do. Hey, you know? (laughs) No, I think think you're onto something here. We should try to... We could do something. They can advertise with us, and we'll champion their cause all the way to the Supreme Court. Who's with me? Let's do it. <laughs> Again, leave the NCAA out of this. It's just our right, deal. Not... It's our huh? deal. Honchos, right. what's the name of this place? Uh, the Virginia Urology Center. Or Call them up, Rob. Get down and get in a car. Pick up some Krispy Kreme donuts on the way. Oh. You got your vaccine no, we're, card. We're trying to Head win them over. There. Not trying to win them over, not turn them away. So we'll do something. We'll uh, we'll figure it out. Stay tuned, right. everybody. Okay. Yeah, stay tuned. You're gonna That's where here. the bottom line. Keep listening. All right. Are we ready to open up the sack of sports? The sack of sports here on the on shows. Time for the drums. You know, unfortunately, as much as I love these drums. It's only reminding me of one thing right now, and how my NCAA bracket has been blown to smithereens. It's useless. Rob asked me to bring it, but here we are. We're going to talk some college hoops. 
And uh, can I say March Madness? Is it allowed? I think so. Okay. I think so. We're not. We're not, we're not selling anything. A, we're not giving anyone a podcast vasectomy. Okay. So I think you can go ahead and say March Madness. All right. This is going to be ugly, but that's why I'm a hockey fan. Go ahead. I, well, I'm waiting for my uh, my basketball music. Oh, you. I can't. I can't. You know. It's 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 a law. It's required. Right. If you're going to talk March Madness. All right, Mr. Cuny. Yes, there it is. Are we going to get sued for this? No. That's the old theme song. Nobody cares. Particularly, I picked the old one. If we do, I'm sending you the bill. That's fine. You know where to send it. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. All right. So my, so I got some grief from a uh, friend of the show, Brian Lanham, about my Sweet 16 picks. And let me tell you, he was right because I have six of the Sweet 16. A lot of upsets, a lot of things went wrong. I stupidly, I must have had vasectomies on the brain because I picked San Diego State to go to the final. However, despite my, and by the way, if you were using my picks to do any real wagering and, and actually placing some shekels down in these games, you are the dope of the week. So... You get what you pay for. Anyway, even though I only have six of 16 teams picked correctly, I still have three teams alive in the final four. I'm sorry. Six teams in the final eight, three in the final four, and one in the championship game, and that would be Gonzaga. So otherwise, there's a lot of red ink on this bracket from picks that were wrong. Um, And how did you do, sir? So I guess we should just cut to what I got left, right? Yeah, how many do you have? How many teams in the Sweet 16 are still alive for you? I got Gonzuga. Mm-hmm. I got Bama. I got Baylor. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh, wow. I have the Illini, Gonzaga. The Illini just blew the whole damn thing. Ah, but see, uh, a certain a certain boyishly handsome, bald podcaster did not pick Illinois like the rest of his pals. Um, I have Gonzaga left, Michigan, Alabama, Baylor, Wisconsin, uh, Texas Tech, Arkansas, uh, Florida. Wait a minute. I'm reading the wrong one. Baylor, are, Arkansas, Houston. Teams. Sorry. What I was you, reading the wrong one. The, the Baylor, Sweet 29? What are you reading? Baylor, Arkansas, Houston, Jeez. Alabama, Michigan, Jeez. and Gonzaga. So I got something. I got at least one in every region, which, hooray. Hey, how about that? What would that get me? Um so I will tell you this. I have a few thoughts, of course, about the old NCAA tournament. Uh, first of all, it's been, despite not having any fans in the stands, and i got to tell you how sick I am of hearing about not having fans in the stands. I, 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 for the players, I understand it's a big deal. For the atmosphere, it's a big deal. But for watching the games, to me, they've been fun to watch. I realize now, I think we all realize now, how much we missed having the NCAA tournament last year. Um, it's, it was a wide-open field. Hard to predict, especially because so many so many teams went on the road this year because there were no home court advantages when there are no fans. So it was harder to gauge as I sort of make excuses for my poor performance. But it was fun to watch. I'll give it that. It was fun to watch. And here's what I've realized. A couple of things I realized watching these. We're not going to tediously go through every game. If you want, we'll do that in the director's cut third hour of the show. Um, you know what? Coaches still matter, Paul. Sure do, Coaches buddy. in this thing still matter. I realize Especially we watch how they wear the players. Okay, That's even but, more important. Oh, we're going to get to, speaking of masks, we'll get to Pat Forty's 
pronouncements a little bit later in this segment. Is that the but... same guy who covered the the golfers after Tiger got into the accident? Is that same guy, or are they related? I don't think so. Okay, he's been he's been around the he's really, he's a college basketball guy more than anything else, um, and a little bit of horse racing because he's from Louisville. Anyway, Jim Beheim, Rick Pitino, Jay Wright, these guys. There's something about these guys in March. I mean, dude, Jay Wright's won a national championship, so is Bayheim. But no matter what they do in the regular season, they manage to find their way uh, into the Sweet 16s. They find their way into the into tournament success. I mean, let's take Jay Wright. Colin Gillespie out, his second best player out. Everyone said they were going to be the, the team that had the biggest fall. And people picked Winthrop, including this guy, uh, to beat them in the first round. Winthrop being a 12 seed and Villanova. They thought that would be the big upset. And all Jay Wright does is figure out a way to get his team to win. No one gives no one gave Syracuse much chance because they sort of underperformed. They were underwhelming in the regular season. And yet here we are again talking about Jim Beheim in the Sweet 16. This team is a zombie. His team will not die. His team is the Rasputin of the NCAA tournament. And then little Ricky Patino. I know. How should I put this? He has questionable ethics to be kind, but man, can he coach? Got he took Iona. Face, Iona. Iona's in your neck of the woods, isn't it? Sure is man. Backyard. It's York, right up the road. It's a New York school. A few highways. I mean, look, he got, his team got pummeled by Alabama, but he managed, first of all, he managed to take that team to the, tournament, which in itself in his first year is quite remarkable, despite a big COVID layoff and so on. But he kept that game close for a long time, closer than it should have been. And that's coaching. I mean, yes, it's the players too. I'm not just saying that these guys know how to coach. And every time you think this is not Syracuse's year, this is not Villanova's year, you look at your bracket and go, why did I pick against them? It's almost like picking against Tom Brady, at least as far as the Sweet 16. This is usually where they fall off the cliff. But the fact that I didn't pick them all the way into the Sweet 16, boo on me. Also, and this is the bigger thing, um, in the tournament, I know college basketball is not all about the one and dones. The guys that come in, they play for a season, and they go on to superstardom in the NBA. But look at some of the teams that are left and some of these upsets, I'll put that in quotes, which really aren't teams like Oregon State, Oral Roberts, Loyola of Chicago. You know what they have? They have senior leadership. Teams that have guys that have been around together and played together. You know, there is, I know it's a cliche to talk about chemistry in sports, but there is something to be said for being on a team for two, three, four years. A lot of these guys for these schools I just mentioned were together last year when the tournament got nixed. So they had another year together. Oregon State has in their starting lineup three seniors and a junior. Their best player, Ethan Thompson, is a senior. Okay, uh, the best player on Oral Roberts, the guy who led the country in scoring, this Kevin O'Banner, is a junior. And Loyola of Chicago, four senior starters. Four. And so the fact that Loyola took down Illinois, yes, it's an upset, I guess, because Illinois is on paper the better team. But Not on my Loyola, paper because they're out. I put them on my yeah. paper and they're not there anymore. I didn't pick him either. But again, I, I realized I, I was sort of, I was wowed. I was starstruck by Illinois and how powerful they were, how they were coming on at the end of the year. And I forgot my own rule that look at these teams in the tournament with guys that have played together for years and teams that are, that are devoid of these sort of one and done stars. This is all they have. 
the tournament is their mountaintop. There may be some guys that play in the NBA, their second round draft picks or come in as free agents or have professional careers overseas. But this is it for them. This is will probably be their best chance at glory short of something happening on, you know, in the G League with the NBA. But but their ceiling is not as high as these one and done players. And so I when I watch the Oregon State uh, Oklahoma State game. And I don't want to pick on Cade Cunningham. It's not just him, but I'll use him as an example. Guys like Cade Cunningham, who's probably going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft, he's a one and done. He has a bigger agenda than winning the NCAA tournament. His agenda involves being rookie of the year, winning an NBA championship, having that kind of glory. College is a rest stop for him. So he had a meh game against Oregon State. He looked disconnected. I don't know how to describe it any other way to say he just didn't seem like he was. I mean, he played, he tried, he was playing hard. He, he played well, I guess. His stat line was meh, as I said. But it looked like he, he I don't want to say he didn't care because that would be unfair to Cunningham. But he just looked disconnected. Like, yeah, it's a shame we lost, but my future is a lot brighter and a lot farther down the line than some of the guys that I played with. And it's been a while since a one-and-done team. You have to go back, I think, to Kentucky and Anthony Davis. And so one-and-done-led team ripped through the NCAA tournament and had this kind of success. You look at North Carolina a few years ago, the Villanova teams that have won the championship, they were all senior-heavy or at least upperclassmen-heavy. So experience does count. It does count to have a team with guys who know this is it for us. This is, again, this is our mountaintop. So... You know, dominating, again, for Oklahoma State, dominating the Big 12 and dominating the tournament, two different things. You know, and we see this time and time again, and yet here I am picking against these teams and not following my own rule. It's all right, so man. You, 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 can't, you can't be beating yourself up like that, man. I mean, it's okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That, the bottom well, line I mean, is I'm, I'm losing like. sleep. You know? I'm just kidding, everyone. I but, I mean, look, there's, there's a couple of different – look. You know, if you, you look, these brackets – Obviously, for all of us, are fun. You know, I mean, we didn't say you were going to win a Honcho's Award or anything if you if you won this thing between me and you. We didn't say anything like that. You know? The only people who win are the people who win the tournament. That's it. The rest of this is fodder. I just, I, you know, you see people get so angry about it. I mean, I was well, angry like you, in Maryland. You're getting lost. angry. You're disappointed. I mean, because you yeah. didn't go with the team. And that is so easy to say after mm. the fact. You know, yeah. I'm content with the losers that I picked. Okay. All right. Because it's a crapshoot, especially, I mean, let's just talk about that real quick. I mean, the upsets, I mean, do you, obviously didn't happen last year, so we have to go back here two years ago. Do you, do you remember as many upsets? And I don't know if there was any historical stat because I'm not that kind of guy, <laughs> but um, was this an unusual amount of upsets here? Um, there's usually a, a, a five. There's always well, that seems to be the biggest, one, right? the most common upset. Um, I don't remember. I mean, it's so hard to remember these kind of upsets. I mean, look, 2018, you had the the one, the one beating the 16. I'm sorry, the 16 beating the one when UVA lost to was it UMBC? And it, it, the only time a 16 seed has ever beat a one. And then, of course, the next year, Virginia won the whole tournament. So that was quite the redemption arc. Um, but, you know, we had a 215, which rarely ever happens. Uh, 413 and 512s, those happen with somewhat more frequency. Um, 
But in terms of do I remember this many upsets, I don't know this is an unusual year for upsets. It's just I do think this is a year it was hard to pick because, first of all, it was hard to follow the season, all the stops and starts. You had no real road Hey, I tried to bring up the scores presence. during the shows, and you said you didn't want nothing to do with it. And I was trying to help you out. I'm like Paulie, sure I'm like Paulie in the Rocky movies, trying to give you, your Rocky, some ideas. Trying to make some money. I try to do that. Like, you know, Paulie was always trying. He got the sponsor on the back of his uh, robe and everything. He's trying to make some deals. Here I am trying to make you some money with the vasectomy place. Yep. And, you, you know, you're playing it off like it's a joke. Here I was. Ahead of my time here, trying to uh, Rob hear the scores tonight. Let All right, you know so who's winning? So I'm Stallone, and you're I'm Stallone, and you're Burt Young. <laughs> I'll take it. Mm, drinking over oh, they, here, uh, Burt Young, uh, no longer signing autographs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, come on, man. So, so he's not. So, but yes, you're right. You try to give me scores, and I just brush them aside. Now look at me, six and ten. In the Sweet 16. Was right, there so. any of the upsets that, that you, you know, dropped your jaw and, and you know, screamed, oh, well, my God, like in a hysterical I mean, Ohio fashion. State losing. Yeah. That was a Oral Roberts being Ohio State. But, again, if, I, if you look back at them, you think to yourself, well, it's not perhaps that big of an upset after all. Actually, I'll tell you what really surprised me um, was Oregon over Iowa. Oregon – their first game, they won one to nothing. I had because them in the VCU, championship. How do you think I feel? Yeah. I had Iowa VC, in the championship. Yeah. VCU had to forfeit their game because of COVID. So Oregon, with this, with all this time off, the bigger layoff, their first game is against Iowa, and they not only beat them, but they just they boat raced them to the tune of fifteen a fifteen point deficit, ninety five to eighty. So that was a that's a I think Oregon was a seven seed, a seven over a one or a two. But just the circumstances under which they won was, to me, the biggest upset. Well, your 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 pals at the University of New Jersey, Rutgers, uh, should have beaten Houston. But they didn't. Rut- Rutgers, a 10 seed, had every every reason to win that game and just let it slip through their fingers. That would have been another big upset. So, um, but other than that. But that's uh, why they call it March, March Madness. Madness. That's the great thing Trademark about a single TM. elimination don't use it tournament. Your own. Yeah. Get some permission. Don't try That's and sell great... your don't try and sell uh marijuana filled edibles and Krispy Kreme donuts using the March Madness tag. You get into trouble. Not to. Okay. That is why they call it March Madness. It's true. Single elimination tournaments. It's true. They're it's great. True. It's true. It's it's very true, and this is why the uh you know, the marketing is that way, you know. And you shouldn't be so upset, man. You know, oh, I'm, I'm not I'm, well, really it sounds upset. like you are, you know, it sounds like you are. And I'm, well, you know, you know I'm very competitive with myself. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little co- concerned, man. I just really am. Well, thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> I just don't want you to have the blues, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, but don't look at it. Like it's forever. Exactly. See what I'm talking about here? See how I come across to you? I'm reaching out to you, buddy. Between you and me. I could, I could almost have said, Paul, that Honestly, things, things are going to get better. Rob, things are only going to get better. They are. All right? And while I'm away. And while I'm away. Ooh. 
Rob's got the harmonies going with the oohs. All right, buddy. Hey, we got to wait to the hook. Hold on. Of course we do. Before you and me point. run, Paul. We have to go to the chorus because that's why the call of March Madness yep. is because that's why I'm playing this song. Because when you get down you know and out, here we go. I, yes. I guess that's why they call it the blues. That's why they call it the blues, but You know, time on my hands. It could be. It could be time spent with you. It could be I mean, spent I'm with you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There you go, buddy. See? Living like lovers. Not me and you, but. Rolling like thunder. Rolling like thunder, yeah. Okay. Under the covers. Well, not you and I. Not you and I, no. Like, under, like thunder under the covers. You don't want anybody to think any of that stuff. Not that it's wrong. I mean, no, you know, you are a handsome man, Paul, but I, I you know, no rolling under the covers. Well, sorry. There's a reason we're a few states away from each other outside of some legal issues. But, um, that's training so orders go, and all that. So let's, you know, <laughs> for all you out there whose brackets got blown a bit, just live for each second without hesitation. Yes. Okay. And never forget that we're your men. <laughs> never forget never that we're forget. your honchos. I, mean, I guess that's are your why they call it the tournament. Teams on my hands could be time spent with you. Thank you, Elton John, the unofficial songwriter, performer, musical guest star of the sports honchos. Yes, good All stuff, right. Man. So I'll be rolling up my bracket and smoking it later. Yes. Um, I will be using it for other stuff. Yeah. But hey. Right. Privately. Maybe. I'm st- if I were in a pool, like an actual pool, if I had put some money down on this, I would still be, you know, not out of the running. So I got that going for me, which is nice. All right. <sighs> Two more things before we leave the NCAA tournament, both of which just make me shake yeah, my head. Yeah, there was head. some sigh there, Rob. What's, are you okay? Uh, Do I have uh, to play another song? No. The aforementioned Pat Forty. I know a lot of people have used. I should now, say a lot of people. Now hold on, a lot please, of, ex- please explain to everybody how it's, yes. is the last name is spelled. F O F O R D E. Pat Forty. See now, people listening to the show right now feel so much better because they were Forty. He named the kid Pat Forty. Yes, he's um he's been uh, sports. He's not with Sports Illustrated. He was with Yahoo.com. Yahoo. Yeah. Sports.com forever. Um, so are we, buddy. Yes. Well-known. He was slightly more well-known than Paul and I. But he's somebody else who has used, and I'm I'm going to be careful what I say here. One of the side effects of this pandemic is members of the media have grasped it as an opportunity to use their platform, their voice, to appear much more righteous than perhaps they should, and to be on the side of goodness and light when, A, nobody doubted they were already there, and B, when it wasn't necessary to point, what they were pointing out wasn't all that necessary. They weren't bringing some evil to light, some evil grand conspiracy to ruin all of our lives. People who have said that, Sports writers, mind you, who have said that, for instance, that when college sports got started again, it was a dark day in America and we're ruining the lives of children. It's it just reeks of being self-important. It, it reeks of self-indulgence. And so after the first weekend of the tournament was done, uh, 
So Illinois, West Virginia, Texas Tech all failed to get out of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, And Pat Forty tweeted the following. Uh, He tweeted this on March 21st, 8.30 p.m. So the games are coming to an end. He says, not saying this is a causal relationship, but the three coaches who seem the least interested in wearing their masks this season were Brad Underwood, Bob Huggins, and Chris Beard, the Illinois coach, the West Virginia coach, and the Texas Tech coach. Gone, gone, gone. In other words, because they didn't wear their masks properly or made fun of and mocked mask wearing, like, uh, Bob Huggins consistently had it on his chin. Brad Underwood consistently had it around his neck. That because somehow they they were spitting in the face of the mask protocols that their teams lost. Now, nothing to do with basketball or coaching or players, execution. It's because they weren't wearing their masks. Like somehow the sports gods had reached down from above and prevented West Virginia and Illinois and Texas Tech from winning their first round games. Now, when I first saw this, I thought, this has got to be a joke. This has got to be from The Onion. And they just used Pat Forty's name with permission. But no, no, this is an actual, real, honest-to-goodness tweet by somebody who should know better. Quite frankly. This is not just some guy in his basement banging this out on the keyboard and saying, look, ha, 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 see what I've done, how clever I am. This is somebody who is very well-respected was well-respected perhaps to some people, but a well-respected sports journalist for many, many, many years. And to say this without even like a a, a winky emoji or a smiley face emoji or the tongue out emoji, something to indicate, hey, just kidding, everybody. You know, when someone sends you a long text that's angry and full of piss and vinegar, and then at the end of it, they put a smiley face so you know they were just kidding after you've already, you know, disowned them as your friend. I, mean, I, I don't want to beat this to death, but come on, Pat. To be a fact, he was almost the dope of the week. We have a better one coming up at the end of the show. I'm actually but surprised that he, you know, this would have been he, full, he was, he was, you know what? I should it. say to him, Pat, if you had, you know, worn your mask properly, you'd have been the dope of the week. But wow. I'm not going to engage well, in such chicanery. In addition to them not wearing, you know, he could have taken his investigative reporting even further. So they weren't wearing their masks properly. What he should have also found out is if they were wearing any underwear, no. if they were wearing any deodorant, if they were wearing any socks. So then <laughs> he could have put all that stuff in there instead of just the mask. Because what the hell? Yeah. Idiot. Somebody should do a do an in-depth study on whether or not going commando Makes you a better basketball player. You see the player. stupidity of this, what I'm trying to say, right? He wasn't yes, wearing a mask. Okay, no, was he wearing any underwear? Maybe that caused the loss. Was he wearing his earring? Was he wearing his lucky earring? Okay? I mean, I mean, I could see if he said, I mean, I wouldn't accept it, but at least I'd be, it'd be a little more understandable if he said, you know what, I think since they didn't wear their, if Pat Forty had said they didn't wear their masks, this is what they deserve. They lost. Okay. It's bitchy, but you're not making this stupid connection between masks and winning and losing. You're just saying, you know what? This is what you get for not wearing your mask. But to make it sound like, hey, not saying this is a causal relationship, you know, it's like saying, hey, I don't want to offend you. It's like the time when the great Bill Parcells said, I mean no offense by this, and then went on to insult the Japanese people. Because if you warn people 
that you're not going to be offensive or you don't mean to be offensive. It's perfectly okay to be offensive. So to say, I'm not saying this is a causal relationship. In other words, I'm saying it is a causal relationship. And then rolling out his, I'm sure, incredibly detailed and diligent study on the correlation between masks and winning and losing on the basketball court. It's just, you expect more. New segment on the honchos. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Or it's, you know, absolute horseshit. Yes. And hey, Pat Forty is a horse racing fan and he covers horse racing sometimes. Do the jockeys wear masks? Uh, We should ask him. Do the people betting on the horses, are they wearing masks? Like, can you say to any, can you look out into the the horse crowd that's in the stands or at the OTB? And if some of these guys aren't wearing their masks, is maybe that's the reason they lost their bet on the horse? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying here? It's just so idiotic. Thank you. Why do you got to bring just, up stories that make me mad, Rob? Well, that's what we do here. Not everything is flowers and candy or donuts or, or vasectomies. Or edibles and vasectomies, yes. All right. Well, you've and mentioned then, that man's name more than enough on yes. my show. He's done. Thank you. He's finished. Um, Let's move on to equality in college sports. Yes. The, uh, the women, and with good reason, are upset uh, about the way the women's teams have been treated uh, during their March Madness versus how the men have been treated during March Madness. Um, it all comes down to training facilities, uh, meals provided, and the dreaded swag bag that players get for participating in the tournaments and the disparity in the COVID test. So I'm going to take both of these separately. Um Dave Gavitt, vice president for basketball uh, for the NCAA, apologized uh, last Friday in a video conference with media, acknowledging the NCAA fell short in regard to the large disparity in weight training facilities, in particular at the men's and women's tournaments in Indianapolis and San Antonio, respectively. Um, So there's two there's two issues here. There's the facilities, food, swag bag disparity. And then there's this disparity. I'm going to address the, the second one first. Uh, Gino Oriema, who's the head coach of the women's basketball team for the University of Connecticut, said that his players are being given – these are the women's play, women's basketball players – are being given daily so-called rapid antigen tests while the men's team receives the standard PCR coronavirus tests, raising some questions as to why men's and women's basketball players would be administered different tests. Antigen tests would look for a specific protein on the virus are cheap and fast – but medical experts agree they are less accurate than the standard PCR test. Okay. So you've got facilities, food, swag bag. You've got the tests. Look, I, there is no excuse for the testing part of it. If you're going to, if you have re- access to reliable tests like the PCR test, opposed to the rapid antigen test, both parties should be, both the men's and the women's players should be given the same test or you go with the cheaper test. But a disparity in tests, you know, now you're getting close to, you know, disparity in the way that medical treatment of players is handled, which and there are no allegations of that as far as we know. But that's a different issue. That, that, that should be the first thing they address is whatever the men get tested, how the, how the men get tested and how the women get tested should be the same. And it should be the most accurate test. You shouldn't skimp on that kind of thing. So we'll put that to the side for a moment. There's no real excuse for that. As for the facilities, the food, the swag bags, and you know, I, I could go through and read all the 
the the apologizing and the woe was me from the NCAA saying we made a mistake. Not really woe was me. The you know have mercy on us. We made a mistake. We're going to rectify the situation, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people in the chattering class, Paulie, have been saying that this is gender bias and sexist and gender inequity. And you know what? To some extent, it is all these things. But here's the dirty secret. Okay. And let me just say, I am not defending unequal treatment. I saw the pictures. The weight room facilities in San Antonio are not nearly as spectacular as the ones in Indianapolis. There's been Instagram pictures of the food, the different food items, a comparison of the swag bags. There's a disparity there. This is not somebody just complaining over nothing. However, these kinds of things are not measured by gender. They are measured by dollars. The men's tournament, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, suffice it to say the men's tournament brings in a lot of money, which is why they're having the tournament this year. Last year, not having a tournament cost the NCAA in the billions of dollars. The women's tournament, which is exciting, has some great teams, including you know our locally number two seed, the University of Maryland women's team, always a national title contender. It does not bring in the same amount of money. So the amenities, and again, I'm putting the testing and the medical stuff aside. The amenities for the players, the food, the swag bags, the training facilities, they reflect the difference in revenues that are brought in by the men and by the women. Again, I'm not justifying it or saying that's okay, that they don't, women don't deserve the same facilities, food, and swag bags. What I'm saying is there's no secret conspiracy to be sexist pigs or to say women are inferior, women don't deserve this. It, quite frankly, is a dollars and cents issue. In order for the NCAA to equalize women, the, the food and the swag and the facilities that women get, that money's got to come from somewhere got to come from somewhere something has to be cut or changed or shifted is it up to the men the ncaa men's tournament committee to move some of that money to the women's tournament perhaps maybe that's the solution i'm not saying there is no solution i'm not saying this is justified i'm really just saying this is not a question of sexism it's a question of economics now the testing stuff that's there is no excuse for that i'm not sure why they would have different tests. Have the same test and make sure those tests are the more accurate ones. You have access to them. Lord knows what other kind of corners are going to be cut when it comes to medical treatment for the players. But again, there's been allegations of that sort of activity. So that's how I feel about it. It's terrible. It's awful. It should be rectified. But it's not sexism that drives these decisions. And I will turn the microphone over to you if you have anything you wish to add or if you wish to call me an idiot. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't wish to call you an idiot at all. So uh, let's start with the money on top. Uh, The NCAA as a body, uh, do um, if the men raise a certain amount of money uh, or they raise less money than the men's football program during the – does all the money go into one pot? That would be my question. As far as the NCAA as a body, male and female athletes – all sports involved, whether it's wrestling, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, is is the money dispersed unfairly, number one. 
That would be my first question. Because if it's all one body, if, if, if everybody makes a checkout to the NCAA uh, and or doesn't make a checkout to the NCAA men's program, mm-hmm. you know, if it's individualized that way, like when they get the sponsor's deal, is the check made out to the NCAA men's basketball tournament or is it made out to the NCAA? And does that go on all year long with other sports? So if that's the case, if it is to one body, my question, and I don't know this or not, and maybe this is something we need to find out, but if it all goes in one basket, to me, you, then there's no excuse here for the facilities for the women. It should be all right. spread out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think this is – now, this is the first time, now whether it's because of social media, but we had social media the last 10, 12, 15 years maybe. I don't know exactly. But I know this kind of started with a, one of the uh, basketball women's basketball player, and she did a thing on Twitter or TikTok or something like that, and it went viral. Yep. And it was like 24 hours, 48 hours later, they got their gym equipment, they got everything, so on and so forth. So, again, that asked me, too, that I have to ask the question, too, if it's not about money, then they maybe should have turned around and said, well, look, we can't give you that stuff, even though you're upset about it, but we have principle here. Your program doesn't bring in enough money, so we can't provide that. But they didn't, so they went out and they got the stuff for them. Mm-hmm. So then, to me, that's the whole that shoots the sexist argument one way or the other, full of holes. Because if they were able to go and own, if they went and got the gear because people were losing the shit out of it, or because it was legitimately wrong, then I guess it is sexist. Because if, only because some, they complained about it, and only because it went viral, that's the only reason they gave them their equipment, and it had nothing to do with money at all. Or they just they found found some money to do that. Ah, I, that's bullshit. Well, part of the problem too is this found is the first. Money. This is the first tournament that's been done in a pseudo bubble. I don't care. Uh, well, but I'm, what I'm saying is normally the players, you know, they have their respective schools and they use those facilities, and they're all around the country, and it's a little more normalized, and it's not as quite as on display as it is when you're stuck in Indianapolis or San Antonio for four weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, and you're not traveling back to your school and you're forced to use the facilities at whatever hotel you're staying in, it's never really been an issue before until now because we've never had a a setup like this before. And yes, social media does, of course, fan the flames of any sort of uh, discontent. Just throw all that out the window. I guess what it comes down to, you're you're making that this – your argument is is that this is a financial reason because the men's basketball is up here on the mountain and the ladies' basketball tournament is down here on the hill, for example, for everyone to get a visual. Idea. Just in terms of the money that it brings in, okay. not in terms of equality of play or talent. So Just let me make so, that clear. So in financial, then it's a haves and a haves not thing, and it has nothing to do with the sexism and all that. It's just basically saying, hey, look, you guys don't draw enough money for you guys to get – all the great things that the men get. Okay, that's the bottom line. So I guess that's what we need to find out. My my question would be, well, how do the checks get written out? Because if they're a billion dollar, um, you know, entity, the NCAA, I mean, you got to have some money for a two three week tournament to get some equipment in there and give them some extra food. And I mean, to me, it's it's a little silly, you know. And well, they were they were caught. They were going to let yeah. it go. Now, the thing is, and this is what I was trying to get, this went viral. 
I haven't seen anything or didn't hear anybody complain about this in years past. Now, that's not to say that the women's um, programs didn't, and I think that maybe that's something we should need to find out about. Did they bring up issues? Has this been an issue before in other tournaments? Whether it's normal or COVID, they're all still in a facility. They're all in there. Right. The athletes well, are in there. They need equipment. They need gear. They need food. The girl, I saw the video. She showed it around because the, the NCAA said in the beginning that they didn't have the space. Yeah, and then she showed I, the video of the there's room. A whole, there's a, there's a lot of excuses that I just didn't bother reading. But you, you, the one thing you have to remember at the women's tournament until this year is the first two rounds, the first two games, two rounds are played at the schools. So again, they don't have to worry about the facilities in the first two games because they play them at their home schools. They don't have to worry about the NCAA providing it; their schools provide it. It's then they get to the Sweet 16, then you start going to the regionals. And at that point, it's less teams and easier well, to, okay, to favor things. So, but now, where, but listen, where were the now, pictures taken? But now you've got all 64 teams or 68, whatever the women have. I think it's 64, unlike the men, in one place. So you have to provide all kinds of facilities and amenities and services that the NCAA hasn't had to provide before. So... That's why we haven't heard any complaints because they've never been in this situation. So, okay, so, all right, now this is fine. So this is what we're trying to narrow down here. Yeah. The difference this year is right. because prior to being different cities and they'd spread out the facilities and be, they'd be able to kind of uh, break it down a little better uh, because it was in smaller departments. It's fewer, like. it's fewer people and fewer teams. Yes, because they were spread out a little bit, obviously for the first couple right. of rounds. Because now they're doing it, they have everybody in one place. Mm-hmm. To provide that much, right? You know, but then again, the argument is: well, if they if they were able to do that for all the men, mm-hmm. they should be able to do it for the women, right? And one thing that that I to answer your question about is it one big pot of money? I mean, they have a, a, an NCAA vice president for men's basketball and women's basketball, so I imagine if there are agencies, sub agencies within the bigger NCAA umbrella, they probably have a budget. They're probably given a budget based upon, I'm sure, one of the things they based upon is revenue that women's basketball and men's basketball, just like the the football, whoever's in charge of football, whoever's in charge of the other intercollegiate sports, agencies have budgets. And I, I don't think they just say to Dave Dan Gabbard, who's the men's vice president, or Lynn Holtzman, who's the women's vice president, here's an ATM card. Just take whatever money you want out of the general NCAA fund. I'm sure they're given a budget based upon many factors, such as what revenue do you bring in? Um, and I think the NCAA, to avoid further embarrassment, that's why they fixed it. I, I don't – when I say found money, I mean obviously I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but they did that to avoid further embarrassment. And it is embarrassing. Again, I, I don't want anyone to hear this and think I'm all in favor of a disparity of treatment. I just want people to understand that it's not some grand sexist conspiracy against the women's teams. It's poor planning, sure. It's a lack of funds, sure. It's not right. It's unfair. And this is, again, the the medical stuff, that's inexcusable on any level. So I'm putting that aside. But the other stuff, I don't want to chalk it up to some, you know, let's cancel the NCAA type conspiracy. It's just dollars and cents. I'm sure saying that now there are I'm sure there are people 
you know, male coaches, men in NCAA that look down upon the women's basketball teams, and that's their own private hell. But as an organization, I just I don't see this as an affront to women other than it's different, it's unjustifiable, it's unfair, but it's not it's not intended to be a statement about the how good and how important and how valuable women's athletics are. Yes. Well, I guess, you know, again, this is, you know, so this is being thrown out into the public. I mean, this is, I mean, God, I'm 51 years old. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. Now, I would, in hindsight, walking down the street, whistling and skipping along like I do every day, I would sit back and say, yeah, the NCAA men's program probably brings in a ton more money and the women's don't. And it's it's right here, too. And I would refer everyone to go to sportico.com and check out Emily Karen's, uh, C-A-R-O-N, Emily Karen, uh, on March 20th. And her uh, column is called March Madness Daily, Men's vs. Women's NCAA Tournament Money. So like what you were talking about, she breaks it down here, and I'll just give you um, this little paragraph here. As far as TV contracts, TV's men's DI tournament is literally a billion-dollar business. Turner and CBS currently pay the NCAA. See? NCAA. It doesn't say the whole uh, the men's or anything. $770 million per year for rights to the men's tournament. That average will jump to $1.1 billion annually starting in 2025, thanks to an extension signed in 2016. While it doesn't generate anything close to the men's tournament, the women's tournament does bring in revenue, mainly through its own TV rights. The NCAA, NCAA again, it's not separated, has a 14-year, $500 million deal with ESPN that covers a wide-ranging series of championships, including the Men's Basketball National Invitational Tournament, the College World Series, and the Women's Basketball Tournament. Again, it seems like this TV package deal includes all the other sports that I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. Though it's not broken out by event, the contract will pay the NCAA $41.8 million this year. Uh, and then it goes on. There's tournament payouts. There's team spending. Uh, different teams spend more money. Um, here we go. Um... I'll read this one too real quick. What athletic what athletic departments spend on their men's versus women's basketball pro- programs dramatically differs. Expenses for the four number one seeds, South Carolina, NC State, UConn, and Stanford, in women's tournament average just over $6 million, according to EADA data from 2019. The last year a full season was completed. Those same institutions spent an average of almost $9 million on each of their men's teams, the top four seeds in this year's men's tournament, Baylor, Gonzaga, Illinois, and Michigan, spent an average of $10 million in 2019 compared with $5.7 million on the average for their women's team. And I'm not going to keep going on and on, but there's a lot of different breakdowns right. of the money in NCAA and the men's and everything. So there's, so there's the big contracts and the TV deals. Um, obviously, the, um, they have some graphs here, too, as far as expenses. Um, Basketball men's top four seeds expenses is a hundred and no eleven point six million. Women is four point eight nine. Uh, eleven point five mil for the average women's top four seeds, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of different breakdowns here, but you know, I guess to wrap this segment up here a little bit is just to kind of say when you look at what's going on, I think. From the first thing that you see, these are uh, collegiate athletes and American athletes, and what the girls were showing to me, it really looked like they were they were even 
it was like high school stuff. It was like grade school. It was like ele- they were in an elementary school and they had nothing. So to me, that's like, come on. They've got money there. They can they can give them something a little bit better than that. And I'm totally with you and you explaining and understanding how it's all in one place. But it seems to me, even on the women's side, there seems to be a hell of a lot of enough money there to 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 have taken care of this, or to have at least maybe rented a facility or two or something like that. But that's and they not... certainly had time to plan. Yeah, you so, know, I mean, so yeah. Let me just just a couple things, then we can move on. Is you said it's paid to the NCAA again? It is, but I think because there's an agency within the NCAA for women's basketball, for men's basketball, they get budgets. So yes, it goes to the NCAA and they move that money to their various agencies. Yeah, um, and it is separated and, here. It does show it's yeah. separate. And the swag bags, they're just something I just thought of. If you look at the pictures, the NCAA doesn't buy the gifts in the swag bag. Those are all from sponsors. Yeah. So the NCAA, their responsibility is to make sure that it's their compatible values. But really, the NCAA has very little control over that. The sponsors of the tournament put stuff in the bags, like Powerade, for instance, for the players – and that's really on the sponsors and what they give up as opposed to into the belay. They don't – I mean the food, the weights, yes, the swag bags, the gift bags that every player gets for participating, that's a sponsor thing. So they should get on the sponsors and say, look, uh, we know you pay us a lot of money. Why don't you step it up a notch for the women's team with the freebies you get? So I just want to make sure that – maybe it clear that that really can't be the NCAA's fault. You know, that's, that's more the sponsorship fault. Well, so. send Pat Forty out, have him investigate, yeah. and get the answer. <laughs> if they're wearing masks, you wouldn't have this problem. All right, let's leave the hardwood in the college uh, dorms and all that other stuff in the women's facilities. And it's time to go to rinks, the hardwoods, and the diamonds for a little section we like to call Hockey Hoops and Hardball right here on the Machos. It's Rob's favorite song, everybody. Clap along. Woo-hoo! Come on, buddy. Get those hands up, man. Oh, yeah. We got some news here. We got some stuff to talk about. Baseball starts next week, buddy. April 1st. And that's no April Fool's joke. The NHL is having some problems. Canceling Canadian COVID games. Rescheduling games for COVID-related things. Some referee official issues here. And uh, Rob wants to also talk about the late Elgin Baylor in the NBA. And away we go. No, I don't want to make the same uh, transition mistake that I made last week. Should we start with hockey? Yes. Okay, so uh, I'm just gonna I'll I'll let you take the lead on this one. What? Why, why, why? do people? You're, you're 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 a hockey why? guy. Why? No, but I am. But, but you know, I just saying. You, you were all, you were very. We were all very excited to talk about this. But I'm going to ask you, what is the deal with people not knowing when their microphone is on and when their microphone is off? If I hear one more story about a hot mic mistake, I, I don't know how to finish that sentence. But I'm really going to be irritated. So Tim Peel, who nobody knew outside of the most hardcore hockey fans. Uh, a referee in the NHL for many, many years, due to retire BT dubs after this season. He's been an NHL ref since October of 1999 and had refereed 1,334 games. And in all that time, you would think 
after 22 years of refing, he would know when his mic was on and when his mic was off. Apparently, he has been uh, given the boot by the NHL. He will be relieved of all, as, as Colin Campbell, the vice president of hockey operations for the NHL, says he will be no longer working NHL games now or in the future because he was caught on an open mic saying, quote, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. Now, that, of course, is, I believe, after he called the penalty, he admitted that he just wanted to give them a penalty, even though none existed. So this was a game uh, in the, in Tuesday night. Period, believe, right? Predators against the, the Wings period? Tuesday night. In the first period, right? Uh, yes. No, it was 15 4 left in the second period. Oh, in the second period. Predators forward Victor Arvidsson was called for tripping Red Wings defenseman John Merrill in the offensive zone, even though replays showed that Merrill embellished his fall to help draw the call. And it rhymed. Peel made the uh, made the penalty call from around center ice. So that's at 15.04 left. And later on in the period, he, that's when he said, uh, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. I mean... Uh, I would just fire him just for stupidity <laughs> because you got to know that your microphone is on. I mean, how many stories? seems like every week there's a story about somebody putting their foot in their mouth, saying stuff with an open – look, I know when the mic's open here. I know when we're on the air when we're not on the air. So uh, I, I say the retirement thing is important because he's going to retire anyway. So my question was, when I saw that, is would he have been given the can if he wasn't due to retire? Or would he have just been suspended for an indefinite period of time? Is he going to be a sacrificial lamb? So the next time there's referee malfeasance, the NHL can say, see, we took some action. We're taking a stand against referees. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I would fire him just for being stupid. But in terms of referee malfeasance... No. Is he the only ref to do this? I'm sure not. Is the only ref to stupidly admit it on the mic? Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know. This league. I don't know what to make of this guy. <laughs> this league This league allows guys to punch each other in their face shields and their helmets. Okay? This league literally lets guys get away with assault on the ice. Okay. This you. league, during the playoffs, through certain depths of the playoffs, their referees are told to put their whistles in the pocket. This league makes bad mistakes, and it was it was raised to me, uh, you know, on Twitter, just making a, a, you know, just perusing through some stuff too. And rightly so, I think a lot of people are pissed off too. They, they've, they've made more of a stink about this and so quick with an official statement than they have been about racism in the league, you know, or social issues or anything else. This league, which I love, I love the game. It's my, I love the game. Um, I've loved it forever, but it's obviously it's imperfect and there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit going on here. So now you, you say you would fire him, right? I don't necessarily think the guy should be right. fired. I'm saying I if I I would have fired him, I say the tongue in cheek, I would have fired him just for being stupid enough to say something like that on the mic. I, I think 
under normal circumstances, I would say, okay, you know what? You can't do that. How about if you sit, sit out a few games, you know, without pay and just kind of learn your lesson. But since he's retiring anyway, I feel like that's what ushered him out the door. Who are the Preds, but I'm, playing, who are the Preds playing in that game? Detroit. All right. Both of those teams suck. Both of those teams are not making the playoffs. Both of those teams don't have a fucking prayer this season. Okay? They're at the bottom of the fucking league. They suck. It's a regular season game. The game meant fucking nothing. Second period of the game, they caught him. See, there's, you know, you have to go out there and look. What I started doing is I started looking at some of the top guys who cover the game, some guys who are passionate about the game, and seeing what their feedback was and everything else. The bottom line is, is most of it out here is like, really? Like, we're all... All the dial, we're really surprised that just because he got caught in a hot mic that, that maybe referees have made calls just for the sake of making calls. You know, he's being made a scapegoat because they caught him on air, okay? And the league is, you know, uh, there's talk about, you know, I mean, they're, they're into betting right now. Um, but come on, man. If you're a hockey fan and if you watch, if it's a regular 82-game season and say you watch 40 of your team's games, Probably all of them, if not the bulk of those games, you want to throw something, break something, because uh, how a referee called the game, made a call, um, you know, and then guys get crushed, you know, and match penalties and that don't let the stuff off the ice doesn't get to, to suspension. What I'm trying to get at is this, to me, is laughable. You know, on a PR, on a business side of it, I know why the league's doing this. They want, they want this to go under the rug. You know, he got caught. Basically, the league got caught. But this isn't anything, uh, you know, hockey fans don't really know. You know, they've changed the rules. There's been so many rule changes. They've basically, they've taken, the league actually controls this game. It's not so much the players. Even though the players go out there and, they're, yes, they're the ones who make the saves. They're the ones who scores the goals. But, man, has the league gone out of its way? To either eliminate certain types of play, you know, the old-style play, the, the rough-and-tumble, the tug-and-grab. You know, Wayne Gretzky, even though he was kind of protected and everything else, and he's, you know, a skinny guy like that was able to kind of just run through teams, you know, because but he had Semenko on his line, and all those guys, whoever go near him, they would get crushed. And it's amazing, because that'll be, that's like another, if you sit back, and Wayne Gretzky was the best, no doubt about it. But if you watch him throughout the, you know, Wayne Gretzky didn't get buried into the corner. Wayne Gretzky was never involved in a in a, uh, a a brawl. You know what I'm saying? That guy was protected. Mario himself was a little bigger of a player. You know, you can you can love him or hate that guy too. You know, was he protected? I wouldn't say not as much. Uh, but a lot of the rule changes at the end there led to uh, at the end of Mario's uh, Lemieux's career, he got you know slashed and all that other stuff, and you know by Adam Graves with the Rangers, and that just kind of turned certain things a couple away. So. What I'm trying to say here is this Tim this um, Tim Peel here thing. I I I feel bad, and I think there's talk out there that he's getting in, he has to an NDA is involved too. He's not going to be allowed to make any personal comments on this stuff. He's going to be shut down. He's going to be shut up, and that's going to be something yeah. I think everybody else has to watch out too. Because if that's the case, then it's it's so obvious, you know. I mean, from lockouts mm-hmm. to the contracts. To just so much shit that's that has made this game, to the most part, it's it's a it's a very hard game to be uh, perfect about. There's a lot of speed. It's, it's a violent game. But like I said, 
I sit back, and to me, it's a little laughable to make such a big deal about this thing with Tim Peel, this referee. You know, they took their names off the backs of the referees so they can hide the bad ones. Or you, you, <laughs> couldn't, you couldn't name any of these guys. The only guys who really know the names of these guys are the journalists and the writers uh, who work for the big magazines or who are out there covering and, and everything else. And there's a couple of guys who do referee blogs and, and uh, platforms like that. But believe me, the average fan, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, that's the third time I've heard Tim Peel's name. How long he said he was refereeing? Since October of 1999. Okay. That's 22 so that's, years. Exactly. Thank you very much. This is the yeah. third time I probably heard because I know he was involved with some of the game either last year or a couple months ago, whatever the heck it was. But other than that, I couldn't pick Tim, Tim Peel out in the fucking lineup. Oh, but years sorry. ago, you know, Kerry Frazier, um, you know, all the old referees back in the day used to be uh, able to know who these guys were. Granted, they didn't wear helmets. But anyway, um... That's that's who, my who take was the who was the Jim Schoenfeld victim of the have another oh Don Koharski yeah Don Koharski yes. <laughs> have another donut you fat pig <laughs> yeah, I mean if I sat here and took another 15 20 minutes I could probably name almost all the referees from the 80s and the 90s yep. you know but but that was different then you know they had a face to them they had their yep. names on the back but you know the league is you know this whole thing the statement and he will never referee a game again and look at us we are cleaning this up because he was bad shut up you know look i uh, you're right this is a game a meaningless game in march between two teams going nowhere the the nashville won two nothing they were both teams were whistled for three penalties and the fourth that that nashville took was for putting the puck over the glass in the third period it seems to me looking at this and hearing you talk that perhaps what Peel is doing is trying to set a tone. It's the middle of the game. It's a nondescript play. It's not a scoring play. It wasn't anything that turned the tide of the game. Part of, I guess, what referees in any sport do is to try to keep a level playing field, some Absolutely. semblance, Dude, some used, semblance of fairness. I wasn't on this level, but I work with guys, and I was a referee, and that's part of the game. The first period is when the referee sets the tone. you so, got to establish yeah, yourself well, and establish and it's, not, it. and it's not so much an ego thing for the referee. It's no. a way to make sure these guys don't go out and kill each other. You know? Right. So this. So you this, call a penalty like this, and maybe it's just say, "Look, I, I'm I'm watching both sides. I got my eye on both of you." Well, we don't Watch. know. I mean, there's, there's they're saying in the banter that he kind of just did this because he wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I think the argument we're trying to get here, Rob, and I'll throw this back to you real quick, is like just it's a whole bunch of horse hockey and malarkey. Because, like yeah. I said, once the playoffs start, you have two referees, you have two linesmen, you have four guys in stripes on the ice. And they're getting paid pretty good salary, and they don't fucking call nothing. So it's like for one point of the game in the series and the playoffs and the season, you can go out. And believe me, these guys go out and murder each other out there. And they've taken fighting out of the game. So you can't protect your, your, your high-end players like you used to, you know? And this, to me, is just trivial. It's stupid. I don't think he should have been fired. should have been an apology. He could have came up with any kind of BR A, a four-game suspension. Yeah, uh, whatever. Like Something. That. You know what? Everybody would have went like this. You know, I mean, yep. give me a break. I mean, look, and, and this, is my, this is the last thing I'll say about it, is the NHL, in terms of, as, just to piggyback on what you said, when it comes to credibility for how they handle officiating, again, when you and I were growing up, and we'd watch hockey games, and two guys would throw down, what would the ref do? Skate off to the side, 
let them swing at each other, take a few punches, and then get involved. And nobody said, what are you doing? Where's the officiating? Where's the discipline? Where's keeping the game under control? So I don't want to hear now any Michigas, as my people would say, about how referees are you know, losing control of the game and not setting the right tone. This, as you said, this is the sport. Not there's anything wrong with it. That's why I love it so much. That would let guys, you know, fight for a few minutes, but guys, give the people what they want, and then call the penalties. Yeah, and but break Rob, them up. they've taken ninety nine percent of those guys out of the game. No, I know what I'm saying, and but now, this is the league that did that, I know, and but it just kind of kills their credibility. Even though you're right, they've taken that out of the game. It's a much cleaner, less violent, less physical game. But there's still some of that aspect in the game, and the NHL can't hide from it. By, you know, firing some guy that's due to retire to say, look, look at us. We're cleaning up the game. Okay, but look, think of the insanity of this. You take the enforcer out of the game, right? Then you put all mm-hmm. these rules in. You've also got guys now that have to wear mandatory face masks and helmets, okay? There's like Lucic in um, Calgary. There's like one or two guys left that don't have that grandfather that don't wear the face shield, right? You have some of the biggest games guys in the game. I think L.A. and Minnesota were going out the other night. You got two monsters, and they're sitting there. I mean, these guys have to think about this. I'm going to get into a fight with this guy, and I'm going to take my hands out of my gloves and my bare hands, and I'm going to punch his helmet and his face shield. Just that part of it. But the insanity of, of, of the, you know, how the league has modified all the rules. So what happens is, okay, you take fighting out of the game, then and you add a second official and then you have the NHLPA, you have player safety and all this other stuff. I'm telling you, man, you watch these games, because there's no enforcers, you guys got taken guys. I mean, these guys are killing each other out there, taking runs, checks from behind, all this crap. Let's even forget about Tim Peel and what happened to him. There's a massive problem here with um, how these guys have to play this game as far as, you know, uh, protecting each other, and they can't. And then when the officiating doesn't protect them, and then the uh, player safety doesn't give these guys enough suspension or take enough money away. It's a joke. It's funny now. I actually forget about the refs, forget about the league. I see some of these guys taking each other out on the rink, and I and I go, hey, NHLPA, what's going on here? Because the players don't give a shit about each other. And, you know, it's like anything else it's some, until somebody gets really, really, really hurt. You know, the, the NHL is fighting the concussion issues. It goes on and it goes on and goes don't, on and on. And on. Listen, as a Caps fan, don't get me started on inconsistent punishments. Don't get me started on Tom Wilson getting a reputation seven-game suspension. Oh, by the way, the Caps, 7-0 and oh during that uh, suspension. Dale Hunter, one of the worst cheap shots I've seen against Pierre Turgeon in the, in the Petra Division semifinals. Hits him from behind after celebrating a goal. 21-game suspension. That was 25-plus years ago. Let's see, 995. Hold on. Take exactly how long ago it was. It was 1993, so almost 30 years ago. Since then, there have been six, maybe, suspensions nearly that length. For And there have been a lot worse hits than what Dale Hunter has done. I know I'm saying this, you know, it's easy for me to say as a Caps fan, But those are just examples that hit home. There's no consistency in punishment. So anything the NHL does as a punishment, as a reprimand, as discipline, I turn a jaundice eye towards. This whole thing really opens a can of worms for me that I'm – I apologize now to everyone out there that I'm venting like this. But, you know, you kind of got me all riled up here, Paul, talking about inconsistent punishments. We don't apologize here in the honchos. Yeah, I know. 
I'm not. I'm working through my own personal demons here. Look, we need about with, with, six more hours to continue this whole discussion <laughs> on the National Hockey League. Yeah, because there's there's just big issues, and that has a problem with um that has that's a big problem with people tuning in and their ratings as well too, because they, they you know people sit there and go, well, how come that guy is taking his gloves off to punch another guy, and they're both wearing face shields and helmets, and then they're getting thrown out of the game, match penalty, and five minute major. And if they instigate, you're gone for an auto. There's an automatic suspension. And meanwhile, the little guy out there with the two-handed sticks, slashing, checking, cross-checking, guys are getting hit from behind into the boards, all that shit. And some of that shit doesn't get called. It's I'm Now I'm all riled up. And the, the, the laughable thing about this and Tim Peel, there's two goddamn refs on the rink, and they still can't get it right. Give the linesman whistles and put red bands on their shoulders too. It's a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll be right back after this break to allow Paul and Rob to decompress. Uh, wait, a moment of serenity now. Woo. Serenity now. Angry and I can't take it no more. That was, that was fantastic. I, that was very cathartic. Thank you, Tim Peel. See, something good did come out of the Tim Peel fault. fiasco. Fucking league's fault. No. God damn. But again, he's retiring. She's like, all right, great. Just give me my gold watch. And my lifetime pension, and I'll see you fuckers later. Yeah, because they're gonna. He's gonna say, "Well, you are gonna pay me, bitches, or I'm gonna open up." Because I'm sure there's a lot of shit goes on behind the scenes that he knows yep. about. All right, I'm sure part of that at that NDA Woo! probably includes uh, not messing with his pension, retirement, etc. So, all right. Uh, well, before uh, let's twist to doctored baseballs here in MLB. Uh, the season starts next week. Uh, next Wednesday will be the fabulous uh, MLB preseason spectacular here on the Honchos. Um, real quick, what did you find on the Dr. Baseballs? I didn't even see the story. Oh, just that uh, I just this came out like, not long before we went on the air. In an attempt, this is from ESPN.com, in an attempt to crack down on the use of foreign substances on baseballs for the upcoming season, Major League Baseball will inspect balls taken out of play, analyze spin rate data, and increase monitoring of dugouts and clubhouse. Oh, so basically, so boring. Basically, Major League Baseball is going to be, you know, uh, crime dog McGruff. Uh, and, and and try to weed out all of the baseballs that have been doctored. Yeah, because they say okay. they want to level the playing field for hitters, which should increase balls in play. Yeah. Next. Thank yeah, that's much. it's it's <laughs> the measures that they're going through to to accomplish this. Uh, the amount of people they're going to be hiring Major League Baseball to pull this off—it's unbelievable. You know, you want to keep balls in play, don't encourage hitters to hit home runs. You know, there you go. It's not the baseballs being doctored. It's probably the balls themselves. Okay. There you go. That I mean, you know, it's just, it's interesting that baseball, that's what they're going to focus on. Doctored baseballs. That's true. And pine tar on your neck. Who was the pitcher for the Yankees that had the pine tar on the back of his neck? You remember? Pine tar Harry. That's what his name was. Yeah. For the <laughs> last few years, he had like a, just a bunch of goo on the back of his neck that he would put on uh, his hand and put on the ball. It was it was embarrassing. Speaking of balls. Yan- Yankee of recent vintage. Oh, yes. Is it time hey, for the, a word uh, from our sponsor? Do you have uh, the original copy there? The original copy? I do. Yeah, yeah do, that, do the original copy. Okay. All right. Let me Speaking get my notes in order. All right. We are going long. I mean, with this... NCAA and NHL garbage got us all worked up here. All right. So, well, good time to talk ready? about our balls. 
It's time to talk about our snacks. It's the time on Do you know support support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, friends, the other day I was trying to groom south of the equator with a cheese grater and some silly putty, and I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. Well, thankfully, there is a better way because the team at Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. 90 minutes? So you can take a longer shave. And as I tell you every week, Paul, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, You've got bigger fish to fry. Oh, uh, the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. You know what doesn't have a 7,000 RPM motor? What, Bob? A rusty menorah, which Ooh. I frequently use for grooming down there. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Oh, no. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. If you are listening to this right now. I am. I'm right here. I'm listening to you. I want you, Paul, and everyone else who's listening to experience it firsthand for yourself. So put down those rusty menorahs and let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping. And free shipping. And free shipping. Not free snipping like at the vasectomy clinic. Free shipping with the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping. And free with shipping, the code And free shipping. I keep telling you, and free shipping. What could be better? With the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Yes, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code HONCHOS, your balls, and Paul and I will thank you. Yes, we will. We uh, we might even show up and at your house to thank you personally. Wouldn't uh, that be if, nice? If necessary. We'll come to your house. If Manscaped uh, wants us to go out on the road and to do, um, you know, full product yep. responses from guys, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll just Decked send out. <laughs> Wear the T-shirt, the boxers. <laughs> hey, man, we'll do some demonstrations. Ugh. The Manscaped house call. But Rob's going to do the Rusty Menorah demonstration to inspire guys to use the Manscaped. Right. Especially around the holidays. Hey, man, it is Passover coming up. And Easter, that's that's next weekend. We'll have our salute to Easter next week. We will. On the sport on shows. Yes. Paul and I will be wearing our bunny suits. Yes. (laughs) Play some Bugs Bunny. Yes. That'll be good stuff. That, uh, That guy we love. But anyway, thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this fine quality program. And as always, clean your balls. It's fantastic. Yes. Yes. A quick word uh, for the late. uh, Unfortunately, since we've done started the honchos and recording uh, along with the um, this terrible pandemic. um, And man, I, I. You know, we're a fun show. And. We, we just, I want to just say real quick uh, to the people who lost their lives in Colorado and Atlanta this past couple of weeks. Whew. I don't know. This is not, sports is nothing. 
This is nothing. This is a joke. This is just a comedy show, right, Rob? That is nothing. Right. But, um, but I will say that when things like that happen, those when tragedies do happen, um, you always have, you know, sports should be a way to bring people together. Sports are a way to make people forget, to escape, and realize that outside of the arenas and the stadiums and the rinks and the courts, that real life happens and oftentimes it's ugly. And, you know, we're here to provide you an escape um, and, you know, hopefully a few yucks because life is hard. And when these things happen, you know, we don't want to pretend to be something we're not here. We will acknowledge, but we're here to provide an escape from some of the sometimes harsh realities of life. And yes, our hearts, our thoughts and prayers do go out. To all the victims and to all the law enforcement officers out there that have to deal with this kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's terrible. It's sad. So. I lived in Colorado there for a little while, and I used to hang out in Boulder a little bit. And um, like I said, I'm just thinking about this. Uh, like I said, it's just, ugh. but I'm no. sorry, I just digressed there a little bit. But um, it's a good town, small town, uh, good city. Colorado Buffaloes play up there, obviously. Um, Boulder there, but uh, had some played some hockey tournaments up there. Uh, did some hanging out up there, and uh, so when I saw that, and like I said, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, they've but, had their share of uh, yes, of, they have. Yes, you know, gun violence incidents. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. Yes. All right, pal. So on that somber note, let's uh, just say a quick word about Elgin uh, Baylor here, um, who recently also passed away here. Uh, All right. the NBA. Um, Elgin Baylor, you passed away at age of 86 earlier this week. He is, I mean, look, uh, the superlatives are lengthy. I will say this as a guy from Washington, D.C., from the Washington, D.C. area, Elgin Baylor is the greatest high school basketball player to come out of the Washington, D.C. area. According to the late John Thompson, former coach at Georgetown, who also went to high school in D.C., he said, when you and I'm paraphrasing, when you list the great the greatest players to play high school basketball in Washington D.C., you put Elgin Baylor number one. You take about four or five steps, and then you get to number two. Hmm. There is no contest. He was in a time in the late '50s and early '60s when people were still playing basketball with both feet on the ground. He was the original high flyer. He paved the way for players like Michael Jordan, for Dominique Wilkins, for Kobe, guys that played above the rim. Guys that play above the rim now. It, it, it it's it's that's just how it is. I mean that's 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 normal basketball. But when Elgin Baylor was was coming up through the ranks with the Lakers, nobody was was soaring through the air like he did. Um, there's a quote here um, from Richie Guerin of the New York Knicks. Um, this is in the L.A. Times obit, which I urge all of you to read for the comprehensive obituary of Elgin Baylor's life. He said, uh, Elgin Baylor has either got three hands or two basketballs out there. And this is the best part of the quote. It's like guarding a flood. <laughs> okay. He was one of the greatest, uh, you know, 11-time All-Star, 10-time NBA first team, rookie of the year, averaged 27 points, 13 rebounds, four assists. I mean, the man did everything. The only thing he didn't do, he didn't win a championship. And the sad part is, you know, he, he had terrible knee injuries. And he came back, he tried to play in the 1971-72 season when he should have retired after the pre- last season, came back, played nine games, and said, I, I, that's it, I, I just, my knees are shot. He retired. The next day, the Lakers went on their still record 
setting 33 game winning streak and won the championship, which is one of the great ironies and sadnesses of sports. Um, so he was not, and, and by the way, after his career, much like Jerry West, he had a great career as an NBA executive with the Clippers. He was executive of the year in 2006. There was really nothing this man couldn't do. No, he's so he's just he's one of the greats. And like a lot of people in that era, despite being a great basketball player and being able to unite cities and playing in some towns that were not so friendly to black people, he had to deal with the crippling specter of racism. And I will just tell you one quick story. When the Lakers played uh, against the Cincinnati Royals, yes, the Cincinnati Royals, all these many years ago. He checked into a hotel in Charleston, West Virginia. The desk clerk said the white players could register, but the black players would have to find lodging elsewhere. So the entire team went elsewhere, and then Baylor refused to play that night in front of the fans of Charleston because he refused to be treated like an animal. And I say good for him. Um, So it's it's important to point out that some of the greatest players in all sports played at a time when racism was not just sort of an undertone of people's behaviors, but it was right in their faces. I don't know how they did it. I I don't know how these guys kept their composure. It's just, it's remarkable to me. So remarkable man, remarkable career numbers hanging in the rafters. Number 22, one of the greats. And I just, I feel like, and I'm sure you feel the same way that all the greats that we grew up with, although we didn't, I mean, he played before our time, but Guys that we would talk about and say, wouldn't it be great to meet so-and-so that played and played at a high level? The legends of the game, they're all – they're going away. It's just – it's its a strange sort of feeling, um, especially when a guy like Elgin Baylor. It, it, not that we knew him. Mm-hmm. It's just you feel like these guys like Elgin Baylor, like Hank Aaron and others we've lost. I mean they're part of your life because they're just part of the fabric of who you are as a sports fan, as a person – and no, you don't feel the same way as losing a family member, but you just feel like a part of you, a small part of you is gone. You know, and that's, it's just, it's sad. It is you sad. Know? And this concludes the sad portion yeah. of the sad sports honchos tonight on yeah. the Silver. Again, another show, another Hall of Famer. I'm telling you, I think we should, uh, you know, again, somebody give Willie Mays a hug and his family. <laughs> if we lose Willie. No, no. Before we break. For, uh, yeah. The um, if it happens, I won't say anything. the Amway. Uh, yeah, convention that we have to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Amway does that even still exist? Does anybody even know what Amway is? God, that's uh, talking about a blast from the past. Yes, uh, it's called. I feel like everybody at it's one point sold Amway. Yes. <laughs> All right, we are gunning. We're on the tracks, and we're heading home here. We got some and NML stuff we got to talk about. Unfortunately, again here. No, I'm only going to talk about. I'm going to talk about one thing with the National Football Team. Just one thing. Just one thing. Everything else can wait. Ah, wait. I hate to do that to you, buddy, but no, it's okay. Talking so much about. You can see that I'm wearing my Wolfskins shirt tonight. Yes, that is banned. Actually, you're not allowed to wear that. It has not been. Well, we're not a visual medium. You're not allowed to wear that. And um... in the last 24 hours, Paul, I'm holding two stories that. If I had hair, would have made all my hair fall out. All right, let's hear it. Maybe the okay. First, team president Jason Wright says the Washington football team name may become the permanent name. Nice. <laughs> to which I say no. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. 
No. It's not. Football like team it. is not a name. I like it. It's like saying beer is a brand Can I go name. vote? Is there a website I no. can vote? No, you're not allowed. Big yay? Can not I do like to. a TikTok video that says, go Washington Football Club, go, that should be the name. Can I do that? Allowed to. Um, look, it's like, like I said, it's like saying beer is a brand name. It's no, it's what it is. Football team is what it does. They're not called the football team. Their nickname but they're it's the not only team. team in the league called the football team. It's a stupid Special. name. I like the ring. You got to have something. I don't care what you can call them anything you want as long as it's a nickname. It can't just be because I'm tired of people snarkily saying, oh, football team. You know, they say the Cowboys did this, the Eagles did this, and the football team. It's great. It's just every time someone says it's, it's a knife, it's a knife in it's my hand. It's And listen, I know you love the beautiful game on the pitch and whatnot. But football club is for soccer. Oh, it's spelled Those that want to call it the Washington FC can go pound sand. They can eat me raw with a flavor straw. Okay, that's a soccer name. I'd rather just be called Washington. Or here, here you go. How about the Washington Washingtons? No, they're going to keep it the way it is. And you should start getting used to it. And you should get I, rid of that jersey and put the whole history behind actually, you. That bad, awful, racist history behind you. The only thing. Get out of there. The only good thing about keeping the team name is I can keep bothering you by calling them the Wolfskins. Uh. All right, here's the worst news. Okay, uh, and this was a story that broke like like wildfire today. The NFL, in all of its wisdom, is allowing little Danny Snyder. He is going to purchase, buy out his minority partners uh, and have get complete ownership with his family of <laughs> the Washington Wolfskins. So oh, it's all falling apart. And, and what they're doing, because he doesn't, he has a lot of wealth, but not a lot of it is liquid. Bezos. They are allowing him to borrow four hundred fifty million dollars against Woo-hoo. his franchise. The NFL has rules against how much an owner can leverage their ownership in order to borrow money. You can't put your team in, in the red to borrow money. You can only borrow but so much. Four hundred fifty million. They're making this exception. For him to do that, he will pay $875 million for the 40.5% of the team owned by Dwight Shar, Robert Rothman, and Frederick Smith, ensuring that he has control of the franchise, um, he and a few of his relatives. But really, it's all about him. Um, Forever. And there, so he is buying it for $875 million. The franchise, by the way, is worth several billion dollars. So he's, he's getting a deal on this one. Now, there's a couple of things to consider here before we move on. One, the bad about this deal. Mind you, this is all occurring while the, the NFL is reviewing the Beth Wilkinson report about all the misconduct and, and allegations about what the team did and executives and Snyder's control, what he knew, when he knew it. The bad is Snyder's here to stay. For all the Wolfskin fans that thought this Forever. was going to be Christmas – that Dan Snyder would lose the team, would get Jeff Bezos or anybody, a monkey that bangs symbols together when you wind it up, anybody would be better than Snyder. The NFL, if it found anything damning in the Beth Wilkinson report, would not have paved the way for this buyout. If the reports really recommended that Snyder has to go and go immediately, the NFL would not bend its rules about leveraging your ownership to borrow money to allow him to do this. 
This is not the action of a group that's poised to dump Snyder. Now, here's the positive. Maybe, and this is how I'm going to, this is what I'm going to tell myself so I can sleep at night. Maybe this is the royal road to Snyder actually selling the team because it's a lot easier to sell a team when it's one owner as opposed to four owners. So maybe, just maybe, he's doing this because he stands to make a lot of money if he sells the team again to Bezos or whomever. Um, maybe this is some secret settlement between Snyder and Dwight Schar. Dwight Schar, as you may, may or may not know, is part of a lawsuit that Snyder has filed against about 1,000 people saying that Schar, amongst others, allegedly engaged in a smear campaign against Snyder by placing things in social media such as ties to Jeffrey Epstein, ties to sex trafficking, ties to bribing refs, and all of which are complete falsehoods. Um, and it included former team president Bruce Allen as one of the perpetrators of the smear campaign. Maybe this buyout is part of a settlement. I don't know. Okay, The NFL uh, is only fining, by the way, Dan Snyder as a result of the Wilkinson report, which has not been made public. So again, whatever was in there was obviously not enough to get the owners to get rid of him. And by the way, getting rid of an owner, I'm sure the other owners are like, well, you know, what about our skeletons? You know, it's a bad precedent to get rid of somebody. You're opening yourself up for that owner like Snyder, who's very vindictive and petty to then go after the other owners that tried to get him out. So the NFL is not doing anything to get rid of him. And in fact, they're making it easier for him to keep the team. So one last thing, and this is since I can't get a new owner for Hanukkah, this is what I want for Hanukkah. Now that Snyder owns 100% of the team, and it was the minority partners that urged in the wake of the George Floyd murder that urged Snyder to change the team name, that Fred Smith, who owned, you know the FedEx guy who said major sponsors are going to walk away from this team like Federal Express if you don't change the name, now that they're all gone, could Snyder? Is the reason why Jason Wright's dragging his feet I'm changing the name. Could it be that when Snyder gets the team back, he calls them the Redskins again? Probably not, but a man can dream. Yes, you can dream. It's a bad day in D.C., friends. Well, you know what, buddy? A bad Only day. Only one thing going on here. And I hate to say it. Oh, God. But I never thought I'd lay my heart down on the line, okay? But unfortunately, with Dan Snyder... Dan Snyder and the Redskins. It's forever. So sad. It's forever. The Washington Football Club. And Dan Snyder. Oh, it'll never be the Washington. Until my life is through. Forever. Oh, that's, that's just. I love it. I effing love it. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's all right, pal. Look, I hope that all works out for you down there. And in oh, six, seven years from now, when they're still called the Washington Football Club. They're never going to be called the Washington Football Club. It's the team, at least. Uh, I, like get the it right. club. I like the club. But hey, again, I can, I'm going to get my I'm going to get you See, a Wolfskins wolf T-shirt. Me? Yes. So you can proudly wear it. Wolfskins. That's what's going to say with your name on the back and, the, and a number. A number of your choosing. All right. Should we get to the dope of the week? Yeah, buddy. We got to get this. The clock is running here, buddy. Um, you know, and we've got to uh, got to find out how Tim Peel's doing. And yep. Find out where Dan Snyder is, who's staying 
Yeah. Yeah. She's hearing me now. now By the way, it's time Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. That's right, my friends. As I continue to shuffle paper around. The Gags Gang and I, yes, you remember them, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter Rage, at Sports Honchos, and at Go Sports Media Company. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Mark Madden, sports radio host from Pittsburgh's 105.9 The X. And special thanks to my pal Chris Morelli for this week's DOTW. Chris is a friend of the show and a reporter for the Lock Haven Express in Pennsylvania. So thank you, Chris, for nominating Mark Madden as the Dope of the Week. So... February 24th of this year, Madden took to Twitter to make the greatest proclamation since the Monroe Doctrine. Madden loudly proclaimed to his 120,000 followers that Pittsburgh Steeler, free agent to be wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, would never re-sign with the Steelers when free agency began on March 17th. And he quoted, in fact, he said, free agents, this is his tweet, free agency begins March 17th at 4 p.m. and at Team Juju will be gone before happy hour ends, period, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Period. So, according to Madden, by 5 p.m., an hour after free agency opened, Smith-Schuster would be somewhere else. He guaranteed it. Ah, the guarantee. Mm-hmm. Such a time-honored tradition. Well, you have probably guessed the rest of the story. At 5 p.m. Uh, on March 17th, Smith-Schuster was still sitting on his tulkus as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Same thing on March 18th. And on March 19th, there was some movement, probably of the bowel variety, but not of the team variety, as Smith-Schuster signed a new contract with, wait for it, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, how long was Madden? Not only did Smith-Schuster stay with Pittsburgh, but he turned down less, I'm sorry, he turned down more money from bitter rival the Baltimore Ravens to do so. Baltimore offered $9.5 million for one year, plus another $3.5 million in incentives, the contract with Pittsburgh is $8 million for one year and no incentives. Now, in defense of Madden, the Steelers' own website, Steelers.com, props for the clever name, reported on March 17th that Smith-Schuster was, quote, unlikely to want to accept what the cap-strapped Steelers would be able to pay him on a new contract. So here's the thing. The Steelers.com site said, unlikely. That is a pillowy soft prediction. Madden said guaranteed in its own sentence. A one-word sentence is real word-of-God type writing. Guarantees are a tricky thing. I get it. They are easy to proclaim and hard to deliver. Fortunately for us, history has proven time and again that guarantees are not for the faint of heart. Ask Thomas Dewey. Ask George Custer. So we should know better as a society. In the history of mankind, there are really only four guarantees. Joe Namath, Mark Messier, Colonel Sanders, and George Zimmer of the Men's Warehouse. That's it. That's the list. Very good. <laughs> if you are not on that list, you got to leave yourself some wiggle room, some escapability, some plausible deniability. Madden could have gone the 99.9% route, like Michael Jordan did when talking about retirement, and then followed it up with a charming tweet of, quote, that damn 0.01% gets you every time. Even Dove's soap only promises to be 99.4% pure. 
Now, I suppose you were wondering if there was any mea culpa on this, any I was wrong sort of tweet. Nope. Still waiting on that glimmer of humility. And we'll be waiting a while. Being humble is not a Madden strong suit. This is the same Mark Madden who once told a female listener via Twitter, of course, in response to her criticism of Madden's ripping of a Pittsburgh Penguins blog, he said, quote, hold on. Holding. He said, quote, girl, look, you're a girl, so you know nothing, and your opinion is useless. Get in the kitchen, have a kid, dance around a pole, something. That's not okay? nice. This is, the, this is the same Mark Madden that hates the ownership of the Pittsburgh Pirates so much that he is the only local broadcast journalist to not cover the team. And mind you, again, he works in Pittsburgh. And finally, this is the same Mark Madden who was fired from 1250 ESPN Radio in Pittsburgh in 2008 for uttering this timeless classic. Quote, I'm very disappointed to hear that Senator Ted Kennedy of Massachusetts is near death because of a brain tumor. I always hoped Senator Kennedy would live long enough to be assassinated. So... Uh, it is worth noting, by the way, that Madden, who claims he once for, he works for Hallmark, yes, who claims he once scored 166 in his IQ test in fourth grade, calls himself super genius on his broadcasts. So the do last you. public, no, the last public figure to give himself the nickname of super genius was Wiley Coyote. How'd that work out? So Mark Madden. For being an insult to geniuses everywhere, for making your local meteorologist look like Nostradamus, and for issuing the worst guarantee since Dan Gilbert, after LeBron James took his talents to South Beach, personally guaranteed on the team's website that the Cleveland Cavaliers would win an NBA title before LeBron James won his first title in Miami, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Mark. Your certificate is in the mail. And once again... A big sports honcho. Thank you to Chris Morelli. Follow him at Chris Morelli on the Twitter machine. Way to go, Mark! And thank you, Chris! Woo-hoo. What a dope. That's just unbelievable. What a dope. And people, you know, some people love him, some people hate him, but that's shock jockery to a T. Get some people to love you, some people to hate you. Is he married? Does he have a girlfriend? I mean, how's that working out? I have no idea, but after that tweet where he told this that woman to... Get yeah, back in the kitchen. Some more stuff. Brutal, and that apparently is just a that's small something slice. Something I expect from you, not you know. Small slice of what he does. So I heard that. I'm choosing to oh, ignore okay. it. Okay. Hey, before we go, do you want to pimp your new baseball show? Pimp my new baseball show. Um, yeah, it's a cold line drive radio. Another um, entertaining podcast added to the Go Sports Media conglomerate. Uh, to go alongside with Sports Honchos and a few other shows, too. Yes, we did a pilot show today, and uh, me and myself and Tab Bamford. Tab is the star, just like you, Mr. Cuny, are the star here. I Hardly. just turn the mics on, and I just say I say things. That's it. Mm. I press the buttons, and I move things, and every now and again, I'll put uh, nice. on a Kiss song to remind all Washington football team fans that Dan Snyder will be here forever. You know? Right. But uh, check it out, uh, LawnDriveRadio.com. I uh, appreciate that, Rob. That'll be um, something we'll be doing on uh, Wednesday afternoons before I stretch yeah. and do my ride for so, shows that night. Paulie pretty much wakes up, grabs a shower and a shave, downs a cup of coffee, and then does 100 podcasts in a no, row on Wednesday. See, see, it seems like <laughs> a lot, but it's not. It's not. Um, I do uh, – th- now I'll be doing three on Wednesdays. It's all in one day. But, I mean – this is the longest show. I mean, me and you, we, we, we laugh. Me, uh, just so you guys know out there, and for all of you 
I mean, you soldiers who listen to the full two hours, we love you. God bless you. You know, yeah. but um, you know, they're they're a half hour, forty sometimes an hour show. I mean, so it's it's really not that much. And then I do a show on Thursdays with my other hockey guys. But you know, I like doing this stuff. I'm having fun. I used to do it years ago. I'm having fun again. I don't have a lot of friends, so that's why I start podcasts so I can talk to people. Man, and there I- you go. <laughs> Paul's my Paul. I'm Paul's radio friend. So there you have it, folks. Oh. Anyway, Line Drive Radio, go listen if you like baseball. And if you, you hey, must buddy. because you're listening to us. Hey, buddy. Happy yes, 25th Honcho's episode with me, buddy. Thanks. Same to you. Happy today, Silver Bob. Anniversary. Yes. Happy right, Adam so Silver the Anniversary. Silver on top of my head there. Rob's well, at least got, got in some, his teeth. At least you got something up there. <laughs> we want to thank Krispy Kreme Donuts for not sponsoring the show this evening. Or Everybody dumb. out there, get your vaccinations. We are. I am sending Rob down to the Virginia vasectomy place. Try and get us yes. a sponsor. All right. So that's going to be absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So anyway, thank you so much as always for listening, download, subscribe, and tell your friends and so on and so forth. And also to the Dean Blundell Network as well for uh, promoting us and pushing us out there as well. So Rob, please say good night to the folks. Hey, everybody. As always, thank you very much for listening, downloading, subscribing, leaving a comment, supporting the honchos. Thanks to Dean Blundell. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks again to Chris Morelli and everyone else who has something nice to say about us. Have a great weekend. Happy Passover. Be safe. Be nice to each other. And as always, peace. Happy Passover, buddy. The UNA fam. Love you, brother. All right. Honchos out! Woohoo! Take care of yourselves. See you next week.